Hello, I'm Jessica from the Realm School of Dimensional Worship. I would love to invite you to come and be a part of our school of worship. Yahweh is multidimensional, and we should not worship in just one dimension. He has given us an invite. He's given us permission to go beyond, to go beyond the veil. The veil's been torn for us to enter in to worship dimensionally. We have all kinds of classes, songwriting, vocal class, guitar, piano. This is all just basics, giving you tools to be able to write your own songs. We also have an engaging worship, frequency of worship, expressions of worship, which is a dance class and a way to learn how to express how you worship Yahweh. We also have live songwriting classes so that we can interact together. We have live worship sessions, and we are adding now live Zoom interaction, communing time to just question and answers, to talk together. So this is a very interactive school of worship. We aren't saying that we have all of the answers. We are just here to impart to you what we have learned along our journey. Our hearts are to just draw out the treasure of Yahweh inside of you. So come and join us. You can register at thefoundationnest.com under the Realm tab. So check it out today. We would love to have you. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. My name is Robbie Venter, sharing an insight for the day. Today we're going to talk about the world to come. The world to come is a concept that's mentioned several times in scripture and it's something that's really caught my attention that I've been meditating on for a couple of years now. But before we get onto the concept of the world to come, I want to present what I believe has been a huge problem within the body of Christ and is something that I grew up with and that is a false view of the future of our planet that's rooted in fear and hopelessness. I can remember growing up in church hearing about this concept of a rapture and basically it, the story went something like this that the world's just going to get worse and worse and basically there's going to come a time where someone called the Antichrist gets risen up, who's basically possessed by the devil. Um, wars will break out and the conditions of this planet will get so bad. Um, and, and there'll be a system set up where you need to get a chip in your arm called the mark of the beast. And if you don't get the mark of the beast, then basically you can't buy or sell. And you know, the Antichrist basically controls the planet and things get worse and worse and then eventually something called Armageddon happens and when Armageddon happens it's just really bad all the Christians are hunted down and that's when something called the rapture takes place. The rapture is basically a theory based on Matthew 24 verse 40 and it says then two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left. So the, the concept of the rapture theory is basically that uh, God will take the righteous and pull them out of the earth because the conditions have got so bad and the whole thing will basically implode on itself. I never really quite 
um, accepted this theory deep in my heart, but it was so prevalent and seemed to be what everyone around me believed. And although I questioned it, I didn't really have any alternative perspectives presented to me, at least by those in leadership and yeah, the churches that I had been a part of. That was until one day I heard Ian speaking about the rapture theory. He said, the evolution theory and rapture theory is the same demon that came up with it. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, he's right. Uh, because that view of the future doesn't have any hope or any life in it and doesn't reflect, to me at least, the nature of God. So the problem is that basically, if you were to go and talk to uh, a range of different believers around the world, you you find that uh, most people would probably subscribe to that concept of the future. And really, I believe it's a misinterpretation of Scripture. And we're quite schizophrenic in our views, I really believe, because, I mean, Christ himself prayed, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And we've got to ask ourselves if he was fully God, fully man when he walked the earth. And if a prayer prayed by God himself is prayed, how much weight do we give to that? And will it be answered? And if it will be answered, then it's totally inconsistent with all these other views of rapture theory. So let's have a look together at some of the scriptures regarding the future of the planet. One of the verses I was looking at says, As were the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. What happened in the days of Noah? In the days of Noah, the wicked were removed and the righteous remained. So actually, it's totally unbiblical to believe that the righteous will be removed and that the wicked will remain. In Proverbs 2.21, it says, For the upright will inhabit the land and the blameless will remain in it. Proverbs 2.22 But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful would be uprooted. So you can see absolutely clearly here that the concept of the righteous being removed and, and escaping from the so-called chaos of the planet is a total, totally unbiblical perspective. A definition that I recently heard of the wicked is Basically, people who, A, don't know God, B, don't want to know God, and C, will never know God. And basically, they want to continue uh, resisting the truth and don't want to come into alignment with the thoughts and ways of Yahweh. And so it may seem cruel that the wicked will be removed, but that's the process that will take place. And in heaven, do we see wickedness in heaven? No, we don't. And if it's going to be on earth as it is in heaven, then basically there's going to be an overwhelming righteousness and knowledge of the glory of God on the earth. That's why the scripture says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. And in that atmosphere, in that environment that's governed correctly by the sun, there will just be no ability for any wickedness to remain. The same way that there's dew on the grass and the sun rises and the dew disappears, that is basically similar to the fate of the wicked. That's why the scripture also says they will be like chaff in the wind, they will be removed. 
Another scripture is in Psalm 37 verse 9. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The scripture also says that the meek will inherit the earth. So Yahweh loves the earth. And one of the, uh, the, the things that I was shown is that the same process we go through as believers is the process that the earth goes through. So what do I mean by this? We are a new creation. We're not a different creation. We're a new creation because we're still here. So a better description of the word new is renewed. We're renewed creation. So the scripture says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. It doesn't mean there'll be a different earth. It just means that this earth will come into alignment and will be so transformed that you will not be able to distinguish earth from heaven. It will take on a new shape, a new form, and come into complete reflection and alignment with heaven. So that's the first thing, uh, a, a new earth. The second thing is that um, we are baptized in the Spirit. Well, and you look in Genesis, it says that the Spirit hovered over the earth. So the earth was also baptized in the Spirit. When you look at us as believers, we're baptized in water. Well, the earth was also baptized in water. Now, the last point I want to make in this process is that we are baptized in fire. And one of the scriptures that people use, I think, um, as part of the justification for a false view of the future of the planet, talking about the destruction of the planet, is that the scripture says that the earth will be destroyed by fire. But like Ian has spoken about in some of his messages, is that fire doesn't destroy. It simply just changes the nature of it. Also, do we think that what the scripture is saying is a physical fire or are we talking about spiritual fire? The purpose of the baptism of fire for us is for any impurities to be removed. And I believe that this same process will be applied to the earth. So... Uh, just to recap a couple of those points. We, we are a new creation. There's a new earth. We're baptized in the Spirit. The earth was baptized in the Spirit. We, we are baptized in water. The earth was baptized in water. We are baptized in fire. And the earth, I believe now, is also going to be going through that process of being baptized by fire, thereby removing anything which does not reflect the true nature of Yahweh. One other scripture regarding the future of the planet says that he will come with his holy ones to judge. Who are his holy ones? Well, I believe that the holy ones talked about in that scripture are his sons that reflect him, reflect his nature, and are actually positioned to rule and judge with him. Not to judge to death, but to judge to life, thereby removing any corruption or anything that shouldn't be here that doesn't reflect the true nature of heaven and doesn't reflect the true nature of our Father. So the world to come, what is the world to come? I spoke to Dr. Yana about it and one of the things that she said to me is that it's an inversion of everything that's here. In other words, it's a realignment, a reshifting and a readjustment of this planet to completely come into alignment with heaven 
This is exciting because this tells us that there is hope for this planet. That it isn't Yahweh's desire to destroy this planet, but it's Yahweh's desire to transform this planet. It's not our, our job to live in fear and hopelessness, uncertainty and confusion regarding the future of this planet that we've been entrusted to rule. That's why the scripture says, have dominion over the earth, replenish it. We're here to look after it. We're here to take care of it. And we're here to bring alignment and direction to the planet that's been put into our care. One of the biggest problems about the rapture theory is that it strips believers of a sense of responsibility and it's motivated by a desire to escape the conditions of this planet to go into another world. And I found that with some of what we do in terms of our ability to engage heaven now, we run a risk of falling into the same trap, or at least some of us do, if our motive is to escape the earth. The reason we engage heaven isn't to escape the earth, but it's to engage with the pattern from which we can draw from to transform the earth so that it is on earth as it is in heaven. We're literally the conduits or the channels or the gateways for heaven to flow into earth. But if we're wanting to escape the earth to engage with heaven, then it's no better than having the rapture theory because it's motivated by the same uh, yeah, motive, which is to escape. And that is not the motive that we're called to have. The scripture in Romans 8, which is talked about a lot, but I think is worth mentioning in this discussion, uh, talks in absolute certain terms about the future of the planet. It says that the earth has been subjected to corruption, but it will come into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. It doesn't say it might potentially come into glorious liberty, or it might perhaps come into glorious liberty, or there's a chance that it will come into the glorious liberty. It says it will. Therefore, we already know that this is going to be the case. But the question is, how, how will this take place? What's the process uh, from which the earth will go from a place of corruption to a place of glorious liberty? Well, it says, all of creation's groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So there's a transition that takes place in our and our nature from being concealed to revealed and there's a transition that consequently takes place in creation it will go from a place of being subjected to the bondage of corruption to coming into glorious liberty and what i want you to see is that one is a direct um, consequence of the other which is our transition and our transformation as sons and creation's transformation, including the earth. So the scripture says that we will rule as kings and priests on the earth. And I think that we shouldn't look at separating those two things, that our, our rulership as kings and priests is very much connected to the earth. Yes, it's connected to heaven, but it's also connected to the earth. Scripture actually talks about the earth twice as much as what it talks about heaven. Listen, guys, Yahweh loves the earth. 
we have a responsibility towards the earth and if he loves the earth we may as well love the earth as well remember the world to come is heaven and earth merged and united so that you cannot tell the difference between the two that is our future that is our hope that is what we're working towards a planet that is completely transformed completely aligned and completely reflects the nature of our father and the nature of heaven that is our job as sons i'm looking forward to working with you on this have a great great day